call for all of us to recognise and acknowledge the fact of occupation, to rethink the received colonial settler narrative. Welcome to Deadly Justice with Tallulah, your local Aboriginal justice show. Good evening and welcome to Deadly Justice. You're listening to Tallulah. This fortnight we have uh, a really cool guest on. We have um, my auntie, Natalie Davey, who is going to have a chat to us about herself and everything that she does in the Fitzroy community. So um, Natalie is currently working at Wongi Radio um, and runs a really cool show there. So do you want to tell us a little bit about you? Yep. Absolutely. Um, well, howdy folks. Um, my name's Natalie Davey. I come from Fitcher Crossing. Um, my heritage, as I like to go into it, I've got Vunaba of um, the Dangu clan, so from Fitcher Crossing out to the gorge formerly known as Geeky. Also Wamajeri, all the desert gang that we have in our um, line. And then on my mother's side, I've also got um, the English and Scottish that came into um, for the gold rush in Kalgoorlie, down to Cottesloe, and um, then farmers that went into South Australia, and then Victoria. So, you know, the usual Aussie, really, <laughs> mixed as we go. Very much so. Yeah. Um, I grew up, so um, having all of those sort of backgrounds, so language-wise, um, my first language is actually Kimberley Creole, but I um, grew up around um, a lot of Wamajeti speakers. Mum's um, first language is Australian Standard English, so I did... Um, understand that and when we went to visit family in Melbourne um, I kind of understood what they were talking about but it wasn't until I started school in Broome I'm in like uh, kindy that I had to start actually speaking Australian Standard English and that caused a lot of troubles with you know just the understanding and just thinking that whole thing that a lot of um, us Kimberley kids get into thinking that we're stupid when we don't realize that we're actually speaking a completely different language. And um, a lot of times people say, um, you know, that light to like hard language. So the difference between that for people that no, um, don't know. So if I was speaking uh, Creole at camp with my um, family, it would be like a hard or a, a more stronger version of Creole. But if I'm around someone who is a English speaker, like their first language, um, I will, if I can't switch to Australian Standard English, I will get as close to um, speaking English as I can in Creole. So that's, um, that can be one of the biggest hurdles for a lot of us, especially at school. But yeah, but I um, grew up uh, out at Nukumba, um Station. So my mum was one of the first teachers out there when they um, made the community school way back when. I think it was, mum came over in 77, and um, to visit her father, who was working here, uh, Stan Davey. Um, he was doing a lot of work with communities. So, you know, when they were um, building Kunangi and um, getting back out um, to, oh, name Ngumban, like the old, um, the old, like across the old, um, across from where Ngumban is now, the um, old buildings there, that was um, where, where he helped with um, getting funding for people to, you know, build their own housing and set up where they wanted to be. So mum was passing through and then of course met a cowboy at a pub and 
uh, the rest is history, as they say. <laughs> that That's amazing. And do you know what? It's funny because my story is very similar to yours, you know? Yeah. Met a cowboy at a pub, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and that's another thing that um, well, we have in common is that um, our mothers are white, our fathers are black. And when you meet people in anywhere, there's this um, natural assumption that we're adopted. And I'm like, so I always end up going, this is my biological mother. And people are like, oh, I, I wasn't thinking. And I'm like, I know that's what they were thinking. And it's, it's really interesting. I used yeah. to be really upset by it before, but I'm nowadays it's more entertaining going okay this is you know i will put that out there to make sure people get you know that lineup because it i don't know why it's so strange me me and my mum have an inside joke about that because my mum's last name is foster yeah and so i'd be like that's my foster mum <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i love that <laughs> that is brilliant yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but yeah i know yeah. that struggle for sure it's definitely been <laughs> yeah, it's definitely been one that um yeah i i struggle with and then as i got older i'm i'm a very affectionate a person especially mm. to my mum and so i'd walk around the shops as an 18 year old trying to hold my mum's hand yeah and mum's like you've got to stop doing that now as we get older because people might think we're a couple <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's a good point I've never thought of that oh my god so um but yeah definitely a struggle that I've had mum mum used to use it to her advantage because like I was proper um bush kid so anytime we'd go into shops or anything I'd be running amok and so all the shopkeepers would be looking at all the black women in there going can take control of this that kid. child and then as mom got up to the, um, got up to the door she'd just like grab me and sling me out yeah, I was like, okay, time to go. I was like good work good work yeah. <laughs> oh that's oh. too good um very common uh, things we have here you yeah know, lots, of, lots of very similar experiences which is um yeah very interesting um and the stuff you're talking about language and and i think um we talk a bit about on the show and i've had a show mm-hmm previously on the importance of language and interpreting and how it's so linked in and tied to your identity as well you know um i grew up speaking my first language ever was kuliga yeah and then i went to move to perth and spoke um english learned english and then went back to wangajunga and learned creole and all this stuff so at different points in my life i've spoken different languages and Mm. um yeah interesting and different places like um there's that concept of code switching like we do it automatically um so as i've had to you know um, adjust and you have to train people because they don't understand what you're code switching between um so one of the things that i've done a lot in my life is um learned how to explain it so i always i used to talk about it or i still do as in like our accents like you know your um, Wonka accent is going to be different to your broom accent. Like I've got a broom accent because I, I had a block of my time when I grew up there from, you know, um, kindy to a uh, year five. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's quite different. So, yeah. um, knowing that people are, there are different languages up here. People do have to switch between and because mainstream is very uh, Western and Australian standard English. Mm. then there's so many other different things like Bunaba to Wamajari is like comparing English to Mandarin it is an extremely different language so different different cultures like there's very similar similar things in it but yeah just trying to explain that to people and also where we in the Kimberley the timeline we sit in uh, with colonialism like you think of like our generation so we're going back to um 
my so your jugus so that's my grandparents like a langi it was my grandfather who i call galagi um walked in from the desert um and it was the first time he saw white people in his early 20s so you think to like the wabokal mob who is on the east coast in new south wales so um uh, what's the place newcastle they haven't ha- been able to speak their language for like 150 years so just because yeah. the continent australia um is one country and a lot of people don't get that there's timelines in you know colonial that um when colonialism came in um and that they're quite different especially heading up to the north and we're you know we're only a few generations out of that yeah do you know what first contact that is yeah and then like our history comparison in comparison to like the united states Mm. we're still fairly new in that colonial kind of thing you know we've been very much a history you know 60,000 years beforehand without any kind of colonial um I guess if you if you want to dig a little bit deeper, there's some some Dutch, yeah, um, you know, background there, and then there were there's some evidence of like other Pacific Island trades and whatever. Yeah. Oh well, but, and then you had all the um, um, Afghans that came yeah. in, um, like uh, the camels and different things that are here. There's like so many different groups that used to trade um, all the way through that history. It's amazing the different things. For sure. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm my I have. Um, like on my mum's side as well I have Scottish and English yeah. as well and it's interesting learning the two from two different sides of my family and you'll know mm. this as well um, like I get stories about from my Gadia side of the family that they would never have even thought that their like latest generation of person would be an Aboriginal person <laughs> do you know what I mean yeah and then from my Blackfellow side they never would have thought that I would have had a Gadia yeah. person in the family or something like that you know I remember when uh, my OG telling me that when my dad um, and my mum decided to be a couple. Yeah. Um, my she was telling me that um, if my grandfather was still alive, he wouldn't have approved. <laughs> mm. Yeah. I uh, my great grandfather. Uh, I think he was fine with me, but like uh, the fact that um, because we um, that side of the family uh, churches of Christ, uh, because mum and dad weren't um, legally married in that um, Western system, he he wasn't very happy with oh, that kind of I stuff. See, yeah. Um, but you know, just that other the language thing. When I'd visit um, family in Melbourne, um, little kid time, that if I swore, at least it was in language, and then mum misinterpreted and I said, oh, he said, oh, she said that was nice. I'm like, yeah, yeah right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it's mm. funny, yeah. I, I, I wanted to ask you a little bit about your shows in the morning. Mm. So you do two two shows? I, two no, just the one. So um, we, uh, I'm on a program called Dangujada, um, which is a language program. And I do that with um, my dad, Bullen, the man in the white hat. Yeah, the you joker. Might <laughs> <laughs> you might know. You might know. Who doesn't know Bullen? Come on. Um, <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is like, I'm not a morning person. So something brilliant about um, being able to start the day with my dad and do a language program. So we basically just have a bit of a um, um, a list up of different things we want to talk about. Like because the river has just started running 
um, we're gonna we're talking about Idlal um, wet season and the changes that happen. And it was just it was actually thanks to COVID. Like we had people who were heading back out to community and that couldn't do. Um, so there was slots open here. And there was um, funding for a language program and everybody for I don't know how many years have been telling me that Bullen should be on the radio. And I agreed. I was like, yeah. And he's like, no, 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 no. And then I thought, oh, I'll pitch it at it um, at him a different way. And I go, oh, dad, would you help me with a radio show? He's like, of course, daughter. Oh, I love <laughs> that. I need to take notes from you, actually. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We need to catch up more for sure. Yeah. Um, and it just it. It was um, amazing. Like we didn't really know our first program was April 29th of 2020. And we just thought we'll try it out and we're still going. And it's just morning routine. I even wake up, I'm ready for the radio in the mornings or the weekends now. I'm just into that. Um, but dad, like he comes from like a lot of people around him, those stock camp days. So he walks up before the sun to yeah. Bayagawi where he's um, the gardener and also does language work with me. Um, he does that, then he comes over when I turn up um, to do our program from seven to eight. But um, so Dangujara, our name, so where um, Dangu is the name of our clan group, or Moi, as we call it. I'm looking at you going, you know, you're yeah. part of the same mob. <laughs> anyway, our Dangu Wangu, but yeah, um, we thought we'll mix because, you know, we're mixed up. Um, we'll add in the Bunaba and Momajiri. So Dangu is the name of our group. And it's also the gorge, and it's written in Bunaba. Jara is um, like two of us, and that's in Womajeri. So we mix the language up for, and that's how we came up with our language name. So we do like a word of the day, and then just interesting topics. So the last few weeks, we've actually been going through Dad's life and what he what he's done, all the different roles he's had, because we're currently actually um, doing up a stockman. Um, story for him um, his time out at Mount House in his early days and stuff which has just been amazing like he loves talking that stuff it's a great way for me to um, learn from dad um, learn more Womajari get his story and share it I just it's just been hilarious like he's yeah he's oh, it's the best way to start the day that's all I can say so been able to work with dad in this setting at Wongi and just it kind of came together by accident and not at the same time you know mm. um and well, I don't know when we will stop when it doesn't feel right for us I guess but um it's one part of the day that I just makes the rest of my day really easy to deal with yeah whatever's happening and sometimes mum comes along but she's um She's our top texter, um, that's her name on the show, and she'll um, text in. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a family show. Yeah. Except when they come on, uh, even though they've been separated since I was like three, but they've always, um, they're amazing parents in the sense of they've let me um, work out my own relationship with each of them, and they never sort of um, bagged each other about anything to me. Um, which meant that I've had both my parents my in my life, my whole life, without any dramas, and I could just work out, you know, how I relate to them, which is a massive thank you to them. Um, but it's really funny because they are really good mates, and they still flirt, and but they flirt like they're sixteen, <laughs> and it and now. 
like when I was younger, I'd just be like, oh, Wadi Wadi, please just yeah. stop. And now I'm just like, okay, I need you to concentrate. We're on air. Like, oh my gosh, you know, I can vouch for that because every time I see him, especially at the lodge, you got a photo of her in his yeah. wallet and you got to show me. Yeah. I managed to, um, don't tell him this, but I managed to get the baby photo he did also have in his wallet of me. I was like, no. Uh-huh. Oh. Well, let's just hope he doesn't listen. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Nobody tell him. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I think this is gonna be a show where I just laugh the whole yeah. Um That's a big part of Dangujada as well. We just oh. laugh for all the time. So um that's how we start the day and it's from Tuesday to Friday and Packham has picked us up as well. So <gasps> they broadcast um on the Packham network as well as Wongi, so that's pretty amazing and it does get uploaded to our Wongi uh, Facebook page each day as well as a podcast which is just I, I don't like I had no clue of it our first show was 12 minutes because we couldn't think of anything, anything to, to say, say. yeah I, actually it was yeah. the same with mine I started out like 20 minute blocks and I was yeah. like whoa I need to start making this more um, <laughs> yeah um and- that's amazing. That makes me really um, warm in my heart because this is ra- in doing radio. Mm. I've discovered that I think my passions lie in this kind of area because I think it's so important to be sharing stories. And for you, I, I want the same thing. Um, to getting stories from my dad, and so mm. when I go and visit my dad, I try whether he'll let me or not. Is record on my phone. Yeah, get him talking to me and stuff. Um, but I think, and imagine like archives, man, that'll go down yeah. in history. You keep that stuff and it's on, it's on the internet now. So yeah. you keep that stuff and, and generations to come will have all of those stories and yeah, just magic. And yeah. it makes me really happy. Yeah. And it was a one way to like get, um, because my father is a Wamajadi teacher and he's worked at the school. He now um, helps me at um, Bayagawi to straighten out all my Wamajadi and stuff for, the kids and programming because you know he used he's a songwriter so we've got a lot of Wamajiri songs and just being able to have the tech skills to be able to record that and save those stories is really valuable uh, but I started I still um, record people on my phone when I'm asking them words and things like that so and but now I'm getting you know systems in like we've just um, developed or um, scripted out having a word of the day which will start playing with dad um, you know, saying um, the words and then giving a bit of a detail on it um, and things like that. So it's pretty cool, to be honest. This this is the stuff that makes me feel good about yeah. doing this, you know. Yeah. And like I was talking to somebody um, about like legal education, which is the other aspect of mm. my job. And um, one of the things we talk about there is utilizing technology and utilizing these yep. things that we now have access to. Absolutely. You know, we should we should be. And if we, if you and I, if we have this like platform of radio, mm. use it. You know. Yeah. Magic. Oh, that actually just really warms my heart. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm gonna need some pointers from you because I need I need to try and convince my dad. No. No, I see what I do well. Yeah. I'm also very lucky that I have my father is a talker like yeah okay (laughs) Uh, I I just I just have to hit record and he'll go you know I don't need too much encouraging so but yeah I will absolutely happy to yeah yeah yeah. help you because I'm I'm about the same thing it is continuing 
um, you know, the oral tradition of our culture, like, you know, that is, but we're broadcasting out on different kind of mediums and stuff, but it is a way forward and it makes sense that we're telling our stories, preserving our stories and continuing them. It's really important for our culture to continue as is. It's, yeah, it's, just, it's so good. Absolutely. And mm. you think also about um, how quickly and rapidly things change. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like in the last five years mm. and then, then 10 before that and then 10 before that, you know, we just... <laughs> I'm struggling to keep up. Last thing I remember, I had one of those Nokia phones. <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't knock those. Eh? Yeah. They were all right, eh? <laughs> they were the trend. <laughs> um, so tell us a little bit about, you You said to me just before that you wear, I said multiple hats, but you uh, yeah. have a better version of that. So. Uh, I said, uh, yeah, multiple shirts. So right. I, because I always have like um, a uniform or something depending on where I'm working or there's a logo or something. And I find myself changing shirts. I changed out of, there's one day I changed through like three or four shirts because I was at three different events during that one day. Um, so maybe I'll just give you an idea of, all the things that I do. I, I've never been one for nine to five in one spot. I need to have lots of different influences from different places. And over my life, everybody's like, no, you know, you need your one job. You need to do that. I'm like, sure. But then I went and did my own thing. And now that I'm, you know, getting into my forties, I've actually set it up for how I want to work. So I work at uh, Wongi on the radio program with my dad. Um, I also work over at Bayagawi, which is our early childhood um, learning unit. And there's also a children and parenting center, a part of Bayagawi. Uh, Bayagawi is the bunaba for our freshwater whip ray. Just FYI. Amazing, I love <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> and um, if the aerial shot of Bayagawi actually looks like a Bayagawi. I've heard that actually. Yeah. I'll show you a photo. I think it was you that told yeah. me that, yeah. I, I just love that. Um, so I, I'm the... Uh, Creative projects lead. So I am working on like our stories project. So dad um, is doing his camp, uh, a stock camp story. We've just had a partnership with um, Indigenous Literacy Australia that's published two of our books. Which is the shirt which you're is wearing? Which is the shirt yeah. I'm wearing right now. That's so funny. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah. <laughs> like I prepared just before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm so on ball. I love that. <laughs> um, but well, two of our educators uh, wrote a book. So one um, was just, uh, so Marcia Cook wrote one about um, going down to the river um, fishing for jaramba. And, you know, the thing of having raw meat in your toe and picking up with your skirt, and which I could never do because they just freak me out when they just, you can't see all these things touching and nipping your toes. I can't handle it. But, you know, that those kind of things that... Um, our family always used to do. And then the other one um, by Emma Bear about a big fat mummy goanna. And it's talking about, you know, sustainability for like, oh, that one's pregnant, you leave it alone. But it's just a normal hunting story of what her family did when they went out. Like these stories are really important for (laughs) all, all of our generations. So that we have these amazing books now that we can read and tell to, you know, our um, children in the, um, the over at Bayagawi, um, in you know, in English, in Wamajeti, in whatever language, and we're starting to do like felting and different things of the importance of our languages. Because one thing about Fitzroy Crossing, even though we're on Punaba country, 
Sorry, um, here's me crying. I'm yeah. crying. <laughs> well, anybody who it doesn't... Makes, no, it yeah, makes me really emotional. Yeah. I just, like... It is. Know. That's why I'm trying not to look at you, because I'll, <laughs> I'll crack up too. <laughs> You're not helping me. Yeah. Radio voice, radio voice. <laughs> Yeah. Sorry, keep going. No, yeah. um, but um, just honoring all the languages. So Fitra crossing because um, police used to do the ration, um, and when people were moved, um, came in from country or moved off station because of wages, it wasn't just one person. It was whole families or communities that would move. So Fitra crossing um, was a the site of a police station, and because they dealt with the rations, um, we had lots of different language groups um, that came in. So we're on Bunaba country, but then we have this, um, like the school calls it our heritage languages, which is Bunaba, Guniandi, Wamajari, Wonkajunka, and Nyigana. And like these days, we do have lots of other languages. I mean, you've got Australian Standard English, we've got other coastal mob people have married into. There's so many other languages here, but those need to be, you know, um, protected and honored. And, um, you know, like us who grow up with, <laughs> our foot in so many different camps with languages and cultures and things like that. Um, that whole thing of going, you need to choose where you are. Um, that whole thing of going, you know, you can be proud of being a complete person and acknowledging all these parts of you. Like, so it's really cool to see um, that happen in, you know, an early childhood center. It was um, where, you know, when I went to school battling with the only language anybody spoke was Australian Standard English, and I didn't. <laughs> I was like, the same things with, you know, um, a simple thing like B and P, like the sound of it. Mm. So each of the languages worked out their orthography, which is just their way of writing it. So Bunaba um, kept the Bs for the B, B sound, yeah. where Wamajadi kept the P, P for the B sound. That's so true. So when I was in school, I would get in big trouble going, oh, you're just mucking around. And I'm like, I literally don't know the difference between this B and P because my language, they're the same thing. Right. And then yeah. even the pronunciation of V, mm. the letter V, you know, seven, seven. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So there's a lot of different things like that. Wow. I just, I can't, that makes me really feel some type of way because it's, books especially, man, especially for children, a story that's relatable for kids because mm. they see this stuff every day while also being, like having a message about sustainability. I'm sorry, yeah. that, that Guana book, man, yes. just like, got me feel some type of way, but like sustainability is so important mm. and it's about like these traditional teachings that have come down over 60,000 years and they're being ignored. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So now to create a children's book where we're educating our kids about that is so yep. important. Yeah, exactly. So, um, and that's where uh, Man and um, that whole um, look around, you know, honoring our language groups, honoring what um, our children, for who they are, but also where they're going into. Like we're not... Um, going you need to be ready for mainstream society and how that um, how you fit in and how that works as well but being able to balance that out instead of just having one way where you're kind of ready for mainstream but then you're denied your identity like it you know we're moving out of that kind of way which is fantastic in my opinion yeah I think mm. even in since I was a kid mm. 
hey, I'm I'm old now. Um, <laughs> since I was a kid, you know, I was telling I've got my best friend. Um, is Guardian. She's got very blonde hair and very green yeah. eyes. And I talk about her a fair bit on the show because we're so contrasted. You know, yeah. like, um, and she was asking me today about bullying in school and mm. and um racism in school and all this stuff and i told her that yeah i used to get bullied a lot in in primary school for being brown and she didn't believe me and i told her these comments that people would make to me Mm. when i was a kid and she was like really yeah i was like yeah it's a real thing and this was my childhood um and you know i'm old but i'm not that old you know so um and to yeah create a space for our kids to be um aware of their multiple different aspects of their identity like um, I say I'm an Aboriginal woman, but I don't. I say I'm also a this, and I'm yep. also a this, and I'm this. You know, they're all different aspects of my, of who, what makes me who I am. Yeah, you know, and that's why I now always say I'm Natalie Davey from Fitzroy Crossing because that, no matter which way you change it around, that's who I am. And then I will say, you know, I'm what my heritage are because there was always this thing going. Oh, you need to be, just this or just this like you can't be any of these kind of things yeah. like as i was growing up um because that that whole thing of you know um we were defined by how much um aboriginal or white blood or like black or white blood we had like yeah. i would be considered a half caste right because i have half um you know i'm black and white <laughs> yeah 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 um or your quarter caste and all of that kind of stuff right. so there was that opinion um instilled in people uh, all around Australia um, and but it still happens here today that if you're got more white blood um, that you're better yeah um, because that is what they said you know you are like you, right. you must be you know that labeling of um, Aboriginal people like full um, blood people being labeled negative or you know those all of those different things that go with that um, stereotype Mm. And so that's still all around and we have to um, keep sort of unpacking and um, talk about it quite, you know, have open spaces and safe spaces to be able to talk about that. We still, we default to that quite a lot in our everyday life. Right. And it's a thing of acknowledging it and making sure that we don't stay with it. Yeah. Like that whole thing of um, with the bullying or things that will, people will try and bring uh, I'm sure you've got this thing. Oh, you're act. Um, you you're trying to be a guardian. Yeah. And it's like, hold on. Um, what do you mean by that? So you're saying that if I'm Aboriginal, you're gonna go with all the negatives, like you know, we're abusive, we're drunk, we're dirty, we're. They're like, oh no no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm like, well, um, what do you mean by that? Like, you're mad at me because of something, because never... I know the system. Yeah. And I I'm, I can I can work both systems. Right. Um, and a way of bringing someone down but it's like hold on um, we need to be you know supporting each other and um, being amazing in whatever space we're in yeah you can never quite fit yeah where people want to place you yeah Uh, yeah that's very much an experience that I've had you Mm. know and a lot of people get that um, depending you know they'll you know put themselves down because you know they're not this or that and uh, I mean even just in today's social media environment and things that you see on um, you know what is beauty standards and all of that kind of stuff it's it's all the same kind of negative stuff but you know I'm really into um, whatever you are is a brilliant space and you know shine in that space 
Yeah, that's so magic. Yeah. You know, one common one 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 comment I always get is, um, "Your mum's white. You're you're quite dark. You're fairly <laughs> dark." And I'm like, "How did you expect me to look? Like, what yeah. do you mean?" Oh, I don't. Oh, I'm like, oh no, I go, I go, I go all out on that. I'm just like, yeah, I got range. Like, I can look. Uh, when I was in Canada, I lived in Canada for a couple of years. I came back and I was proper pale. So I was lighter than mum right. by the time I got back. And then I can go to like a um, dark chocolate color if I'm um, left out in the sun. Like I, <laughs> yeah, and I love that. So I did, we did a um, rafting trip from um, Mount Barnett, came down the river, which was just amazing. And um, my young self at the time thought, you know, oh, there's going to be white water. I'm going to be soaking all the time. So I'll only take... Um, singlets, mm. um, tank tops, or oh, don't! Yeah. You've had a big tan, haven't you? <laughs> oh, I end up no, I blistered like my um, oh, because no. you're in the boat in the middle of the uh, river and the trees are on the side, so you're not always in sun. So I literally blistered on my shoulders. But when I got back, I was dark like dark chocolate. That I got to um, we got down to Newbridge, um, and um, walked up. And we're walking across the bridge up to the lodge. This is in Fitro. And this um, taxi came flying around and then pulled up in front of us. And I'm like, what is wrong with this person? And dad jumped down. Oh, my gosh. And I was like, how did you know that we got here? Like, it's not like Bush Telegraph. True God. It's one of the most <laughs> fastest things in the world. So but he true. turned up and he's looking at me and he's just staring. And I'm just like, I haven't seen a mirror in two weeks. So I'm thinking, I don't know. Do I, you know, I'm thinking pimples. Have I got a cut? What? I don't know what my face looks like. And he's like, and I just couldn't stand it. I was like, dad, what? Yeah. And he's like, kid, you're black. <laughs> and I was like, you, I was like, have you looked in the mirror? Like oh he is, if he's in the sun, he starts getting that beautiful blue purple tinge. Yeah, like, same with my dad. Actually. Yeah, they get that um, yeah. tinge, right? And I'm like, oh, what is it? The um, pot calling the kettle black? I was like, <laughs> dude, this is one of those times. And like when I got back from Canada, mom's like, you're really pale. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> can't, can't win. Can't you win. know what? We should start saying that our skin is affected by our mood. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, mood skin. I like yeah. it. Okay, let's go with yeah, that. Yeah, it goes darker when I'm angry. <laughs> darker when I'm happy. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. We've got a scale. Yeah, 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 yeah. We can just, yeah, like, um, what is it? Chameleons would just fit in wherever a mood we ring. are. Yeah, a mood ring. I used to have one of those. So I loved it. Um, so anyway we've gone on a bit of a tangent i wanted to wanted to ask you now Mm. you've you're doing such amazing stuff in Fitzroy, and um you you wear many shirts yes um and you're in a space where you feel like you're happy and you're doing things that you love yes tell us about how you got here and some (laughs) of the obstacles that you might have had to have overcome um, some of the things that, um, you, you know, setbacks that you might have set you on a different path or, yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness. So that's a long show. Um, <laughs> so I guess uh, there was the identity thing a lot um, for me, um, talking about obstacles just throughout my life. So when I was little, uh, I didn't want to be white. I didn't care mum was. It was just more that I was, I looked different than my brothers and sisters. And I stood out. So there's one time like my brother JR and Marilyn covered me in mud. So I felt like I, I blended. Yeah. Um, so and they used to tease me to go, oh, um, you're a gardia. 
and I'd say, no, I'm a black fella. But they, and I asked them later, I'm like, why would you say that? That really hurt me. And they were like, oh, we just love the way you said black fella. And I was like, are you kidding me? That just like hurt me. And they just thought I was, oh, I sounded cute. Um, and then like going into school days, coming from Fitzroy and that negative stereotype of um, black fellas being only drunk and um, violent and all of that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, and I was, I wanted to just be white, but like this, you know, this whole thing of someone would see the color of my skin and go, oh no, you can't be white. And I'm like, I'm really Western with like some of my mannerisms when I go to Melbourne and with that family, like, you know, just that whole concept of um, it's been based on a skin color. So there's always been that as an obstacle that would hold me back because I'd just, I'd need time to go, you know, I, I'm hurt and you have to work through sort of the trauma of identity and that's a constant. But um, one of the things that helped me through that was that I got to a point of going, like I said, that how I introduced myself and I acknowledge my full background and I learned more about it to be able to teach people more about it has just gone, okay, this is who I am. I'm proud of all of that. There's negatives and positives to everything, every facet of everybody's life, whether it's cultural, the history, it doesn't matter. So um, it, that's an ongoing. It doesn't mean that that doesn't still affect me through life, but you know, I am solid in where I am from and who I am as a person. And that just comes with time and practice and you know um, all sorts of things. Um, other obstacles, it, a lot of that is around those kind of things but um the language thing like through school like i was put back down from um year one to primary which was great for me this was in broome um just because of the language thing i wasn't getting it but then i loved school as well but i was never i did never felt i was very good with um english and then i went to all saints college in um bull creek in perth and um, found out I was dyslexic. So it was one of those like, oh, I was dumb before I found out I was dyslexic. Um, wow. So I had reading, yeah. um, I had, I, what am I saying? I still have trouble with reading. Um, it, I find it difficult. I know what it is, but I've just practiced over time. I know my color backgrounds if I need it um, to be able to cope with that and go, I want to learn this. I'm not, it's going to take me longer. It's going to be harder for me, but I'm going to do it anyway. I love writing and I was always really scared of like how messy or how wrong all my writing was. And I had a teacher at All Saints College called Mr. Brown who just like would push me and then would keep me at a level and then kept pushing me. And I ended up getting a, um, a B in year 12, um, which was my last, um, grade for English and I'm like no no what's my overall grade I argued with him and he's like that's it I'm like no 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 I'm like a D student in English this can't be and he's like that is it so that was just an amazing thing that I've actually started journaling since I was 16 and didn't care of what my writing looked like I'm happy to go um, I need an editor and anybody doesn't matter how good a writer you are you always get an editor. So, you know, I've learned different ways of going. This doesn't mean that I'm stupid. Um, anybody who says, oh, you don't know how to spell that? I'm like, of course not. That's why I asked you how to spell it. Um, I don't take on that, um, oh, 
someone having a you know go at me or you know uh, uh, having a dig or like oh you don't know how to spell it it's like um are you going to like help me with this or not and i'll say look um I usually don't ask people because, you know, they make fun of me and then I don't want to write and stuff. And they're like, oh, no, I didn't mean it like that. This is the word. So there's been just lots of things in my own, I guess, development that just had to overcome hurdles all around sort of, you know, the language and learning, um, the code switching between cultures. Um, Moments of just being overwhelmed when you go anywhere outside of, uh, the Kimberley and I'm talking to like all English first language speakers and they say to me still to this day oh you speak really well and <laughs> I've heard that one before <laughs> yeah and I and I now answer said uh no I speak Australian standard English it's not my first language and and people backpedal and I will make sure they stay in that space going no and advise that you know over our um, you know, our mainstream society um, has let you believe or have has gone on to the fact that you've had no point where you go, I shouldn't be asking this question. Mm. And that is one of the questions I would really like to get to a point in, you know, our society where people actually stop, think and go, oh, actually, that's not an okay question to ask. Yeah, absolutely. Do you know what? My dad, on that, just real quick, anytime somebody would say, wow, you speak really good English, my dad would turn around and go, you too. Yeah, (laughs) I like it. I like that one. I like it. See, why why don't you like those moments where you like, oh, you you come out of an argument or conversation, then you're like, oh, I know the best thing. I know the best thing to say now. Can I redo it? (laughs) No, the moment's passed. But yeah, there's... So it's hard to go, like, you know, you're always going to hit obstacles. It's just the biggest thing for me, I guess, is, okay, I've hit so many obstacles throughout my life um, that I've gone, okay, I can recover for this. I need time. Yeah. Um, I need um, time to, like, you know, whether I need to heal, I need um, space from people to work through this. And then I can go forward and, um, you know, is this something I want to meet head on? So like with those kind of questions, I will, anybody who asks me that question or the other one I keep getting asked also is how did you get out? Which is this um, question you get in mainstream for Aboriginal people going, how did you not become a, um, you know, stereotypical negative view of what an aboriginal uh, female is like how you know whether it's around domestic violence having a kid as a young person whatever negative connotations are out there that is where that question is from and i go through that with them and i'll i will hold space for people to go look i'm a safe person for you to talk to about this and that i actually have to give credit to a friend of mine from All Saints that one day uh, we were sitting in the group and she looked at me and she said, oh, Natalie, is it okay? Um, is it, no, is it racist to call an Aboriginal person a boom? And I felt this heat rise in me that it got to just under my jaw and I was just like, you know, I had to like um, lock down because I was just like, how, how, you know, this is someone I care about. How could she ask me such a question? But what I did was, um, I remember, I didn't let that anger get into my ears because I kept listening. And I realized this person n- actually didn't know it. 
Mm. I, I was, you know, disgusted the fact that she didn't know it, but then that's got to do with um, how our mainstream sets that up and that it allows a space where that kind of question is unknown or you have no safe spaces to be able to find that information out. It's true. Yeah, so. I think one thing that I um, promote um, is for Aboriginal people, you know, you can't fight fire with fire is kind of my thing. So you try and have an argument with someone in the same way that um, the patriarchal westernized system argues with you. Mm. If you try and do it the same way, you're not going to win that argument. You do it in a way that Aboriginal women do it best, and that's with kindness and Mm. care and nurture. Yeah, absolutely. And that's how you win that argument. Yeah. Because you're not feeding into what is stereotypically a patriarchal and westernised system, you know? Exactly. That's, that's, yeah, I'm with you on that one. I'm the same. I've had people at boarding school as well who who would ask me stuff like that, Mm. and I'd just go, I feel sad that you don't know. Yeah. But... Here and here and here, but yeah, that's it's it's a it's a huge thing. Mm. Um, I just want to go back to what you were saying yeah. about your experience with um, dyslexic, and you, you said uh, being sorry, being dyslexic, and and you said um, you were dumb until you worked out that you were dyslexic. Yeah, and I think that's really magic because people are so quick to go, "Oh, I'm dumb. I don't get this." Exactly. You know, rather than saying my skills are elsewhere. Yeah. You know, I, I tried really hard in year 11. I got into chemistry yeah. and I was like, yeah, I want to be a pharmacist. Yeah. And I was really like, that's what I wanted to do. I was so set on it. I got in and did like one month of chemistry and just went, I can't do this. My brain doesn't work. And I beat myself up for yeah. weeks. And I was so mad at myself because I couldn't do it. I couldn't understand. I had tutors come in and try and tutor me. I was failing. And then one day I just decided I wouldn't even go to a test. Yeah. Obviously, I got to fail for that. Mm-hmm. And somebody said to me, "Why are you doing chemistry?" And I was like, "Because I want to be a pharmacist." And and they're like, "But why do you even think that that's your only option?" And I was like, "Oh, good point." <laughs> There's so many ways around things. Yeah. As someone who like I say, um, I love reading, but I'm unpracticed at it. Right. Um, and a lot of that is to do with I would try and read, and it is just so difficult for me to like I see. Um, I'll see a word, but I'll see the first and last letter of it, and but then I, yeah, I get muddled quite a lot, so I end up reading all sorts of things. But I've it just takes me a long time. But if there's something I'm really interested in, I will put the time in and know that I'm going to get frustrated with it and read. Right. Yeah. So it's it's not. Yeah. It's just the moment to go. Okay. Um, I, nobody's stupid it's just you have different ways of learning so you know work out what that Absolutely. is for you yeah i was just gonna say that utilize the things that you have as well mm. access to at least yeah and i guess nowadays we're kind of lucky because we got the internet so mm. if there's literally anything that kind of crosses my mind like why do apples bruise i'd literally google it and it'll <laughs> tell me why so why um, do apples bruise yeah, I I did actually Google that at one point. I can't tell you. I forgot, oh. but... Um, you, you text me later. Yeah, yeah, I will. <laughs> um, no, I think that's really magic, you know, acknowledging mm. that that's... For me, uh, on that journey with the chemistry stuff, I acknowledged that yeah. that wasn't something that I was very good at. And so I, I, I didn't use that as something yeah. that defined me and mm. beat myself up because I was no good is my point. Yeah. I went, okay, well, my life's not on that path. Yeah. It's on this path. Or if I really wanted to, I could probably make that work. Do I want to when I could do this way? 
Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's a conversation I'm having with my best friend at the moment. Yeah. Um, and she's going, she's doing a diploma in um, travel and tourism and she's going, I can't do this and da 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 and she's getting frustrated and she's going, I don't want to do this and... Um, it might be that you just need a break or yeah. to go outside for a moment. And also your identity is not tied to this. Yeah. If you can't do it, if you genuinely can't do it, you're still a good person. You're yeah. still worthwhile. There are still other things that you can mm. look into. Do you know what I mean? Well, when, when, through um, high school, I wanted to be a lawyer and everybody knew I wanted to be a lawyer. And then um, at the end of school, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. Uh, I did end up going to uni and um, was going to go into law. And then thankfully by that point, because I knew I had dyslexia, I knew all of these things. I'm like, it's not right for me. I, I'm not um, that academic level because I was like, it's tied to me wanting to um, work with the community and, you know, all um, social justice and everything like, you know, help we don't have enough lawyers in this and all of that kind of stuff. And I'm going, um, thankfully I went, it doesn't work for me. And, but I'm doing all the um, things that I wanted to do to be able to, you know, um, contribute to my community, um, have me in a good space, um, all the, whatever I want to do and do it the way I want to do it and still do those things. And I did it in such a completely different way than I thought I had to have it done. Yeah. Uh, way back when I think I, I, I think graduated high school in 1997 just an FYI I won't tell you when I was born <laughs> <laughs> I think I know when you were born <laughs> and yeah don't say it. <laughs> this is how I age myself by yeah, yeah. Um, how all the uh, children are doing yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. okay what you're speaking now uh, yeah oh, okay yeah. cool <laughs> yeah <laughs> You walk by yourself? Oh. Yeah. oh, you even have a license? Okay, okay. I'm, I'm going to go over here. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, the law discussion as well is one mm. thing you'll find, and I'll just say this real quick because we're just nearly time. Um, yep. But the, the thing that I experienced, and I, I can imagine that you would have experienced as well, is that people often, because you're a black person going to high school and uni, will push you towards that, either that doctor or that lawyer yeah. route. Yeah. Because they want you to, that's how you can help your people. Yeah, and you will get that all your life. Like, even mm. to this date, I, um, most conversations with people said, oh, and you can help your community. It's like, um, I'm born into... Uh, entity I always talk about Aboriginal people as um, mycelium so um, fungi um, mushrooms and things they're connected by a network underneath the ground and every part of it is connected and that's Aboriginal families and our culture and our, um, everything is um, connected into it so we're not um, that's what we do naturally that is in how um, our whole culture is um, lined up and sorted and um, respect and everything that we do, it's a given. Um, so like being able to say that our, I can't be successful in mainstream um, away and that doesn't mean that it's not going to help my community that if I'm, you know, rich and famous and whatever it is, all of those kind of things or, you know, an astronaut or a deep sea diver, whatever. I want to be um, instead of just those, you know, generic 
not that they're generic, they're also very much needed. Um, you know, the default um, a career is for people. Yeah. yeah, and and also that's a lot of weight to put someone on someone's shoulders. You yeah. know, people did that to me in high school, and it that pressure, man, it did it it. Yes, yeah, I struggled. Yeah. You know, and I don't think it's okay. I think we should be moving towards that. Um, you know, everybody goes through um, trauma. We've got you know those um, with stolen generation. We've got the intergenerational trauma. We've got normal traumas to be working in a healing way. And the school system is traumatic. To be honest, I love school, but uh, me now not being that good at school, I'm managing to do a business degree. I now I'm creating a jewelry design. I work on radio. I get to work with young children with you know um a the seasons and put the um using our local seasons from something I helped when I was in Bunaba Ranges um with the elders um getting that together like it's just it's mind blowing the things that you can achieve going all sorts of different ways around things. Yeah absolutely amazing and um i i hope that my journey is similar to yours um but yeah i find in my experience in um this this where i'm at now you know working with lawyers it's it's a lot of putting out a lot of fires you know and Mm. you kind of want to be um and i i hope that's what my role means is um doing a lot of that underlying working out what the problem is and why that's the problem and sorting the fire before it starts burning if yeah, that is exactly. the metaphor you want to yeah. use but um yeah just real quick i yes. want to ask you what's um in a couple of sentences what's some advice you would give uh to somebody who might be looking at a journey similar to yours or um you know you you might want to give to other aboriginal women um be gentle with yourself be curious there's um a massive world out there um it's there's a lot of um ways and um help and support that you can get through that journey but um most of all be gentle with yourself whatever is you know um coming at you from every which way which is something that we take through life um take the time to look after yourself first be connected to country and just get yourself grounded and look after yourself Beautiful. Yeah. One last thing. What Do now? you have a <laughs> song you would recommend? You shine. So um, one of the other, th- one of my other jobs um, is that I'm um, FX sound producer with Tura. So they do a um, music residency with a woman called Gillian Howell at the Fitzroy School. I got to work with her to create a um, camping journey because I was sick of doing the. Um, bear hunt and I wanted something local so I got to create that but in there a student wrote this song called you shine which is just beautiful and what I want people to remember that um, no matter where you are that you shine because we are all made of you know um, atoms the same thing that all the stars are made out of oh that's magic all right we'll chuck that on for sure um thank you so much for joining me and it's been just Probably one of my favorite shows, I'm not gonna lie. It's oh, so fun awesome. and such a good laugh. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm all about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Thank yep. you very much. Uh, thank you for having me and to everybody else, uh, wallow and make sure you keep shining.
Sometimes you gotta be brave. 